This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now here's your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, the road dog, Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Caldwell. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the finishing move, the dark matches. Big John Radcliffe, Ooh. along with my tag team partner and our mystery partner, who we'll get to in a second. Before I get to my mystery, our mystery partner, let's get to my regular tag team partner, Chris Colwell, the bearded board up, the bearded producer, bearded papa, the new father to be, new father to be, new father, yeah. Chris. That's That's news to me if I'm father to be now because you got another one on the way. Congratulations! Uh, I mean, that's I don't even know that that's possible yet. But anyway, uh, fatherhood's good so far. The boy. Uh, has his nights where it's a little, you know, he likes to stay up and party beyond what mom and dad would like. But uh, you know what? He seems to be taken to wrestling. Every time I, I'm holding him and I'm watching the show, he seems to quiet down. And he starts to look that way to see what's going on with the action. So I You think, must have him watching Monday Night Raw and he's <sighs> boring himself to sleep. Well, the problem with that is if I'm holding him while I'm watching Raw, the question is whether I'm going to fall asleep holding him, which we all know that's a bad idea, especially when he's like four weeks old. So let's just not go there. Hopefully defects isn't <laughs> And the third member of our team, our mystery partner, our NXT specialist, David. Totally gets. Oh. <laughs> Who? Thank you for the What's intro. What's happening, there, David? Not much, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And thanks for that warm introduction, John. I appreciate that, It is man. great to have you here. As tonight, we are going to talk about the WWE draft that is coming up. And one of the things we wanted to talk about, and it's great to have you here with this, David, because one of the topics that's been hot and heavy throughout the dirt sheets in the WWE is whether or not NXT should be involved with the draft. Now, we know NXT superstars, they, we have to say called up, as WWE would say. That's the way that they actually say it. I have to, use, I have to be politically correct with this. I, you both can sigh all you want. I'm being factually accurate in what they it's say. okay. As they get called up, this would give them opportunities to move up and put them in different places. Now, this has had mixed results. We've seen success stories come about, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and then we've also seen some that have uh, have had lackluster results, to say the least. That's an understatement. So, David, I want you know one of the things I want to know from you guys, and should NXT even be involved with this? Because we know, like I just said, lackluster results happen. They really just kind of become pawns. They kind of just become land in the slaughter, David, where they're sent up there and they're there to make someone else look stronger. Honestly, man, I think that given the past results, I think it's been too many lackluster results in call-ups recently. We just had a couple more. We had Dijakovic, BAM, and Mercedes Martinez, and Shane Thorne get called up to the main roster with the Retribution Stable. And I don't see that going very far. But now that the addition of Ali... It could go somewhere, but I still don't think it will last very long. Also, with Keith Lee, Vince has no idea what to do with him now that he's on the main roster, and that's gonna and that's tanking really fast. But we've had some good ones, like like you mentioned, Sasha, Charlotte, 
the four horsewomen, but we've also had cases like Carmella where she's a dead in the water too. So I think that NXT is fine just oh, the man, way it Carmella is. Carmella just got rebranded. Yeah, but that's she's not going to last. She had a run with the SmackDown women's title. She was yeah, but now she missed money lasted, in the bank. That lasted like what a couple months, and then nothing happened afterwards. She's been running around with our Truth of the Twenty Four Seven Championship in a comedy, and skit. it's been more entertaining in that role than she was before. My my point being that I think Carmella <laughs> doesn't really have much of a run left in her anymore. I don't feel like I think that she's kind of run her course, and I think now that she's kind of gone stagnant a little bit, and then now to try to repackage her, I don't see that going very far. But my point being. I don't think that NXT should be in there mainly because of the the majority of lackluster performances in the main roster with NXT stars. And also when Charlotte went down to NXT, I didn't really enjoy seeing her as NXT Women's Champion, honestly. I didn't like that because it's just nobody really wanted to see Charlotte in the first place. So, I mean, like you just you had to feed her to Rhea Ripley when she was on a hot streak and then you had to get put Charlotte over her and that kind of killed her momentum a little bit. And the NXT Women's title kind of went down a little bit, too, until Io Shirai won it back. So if you break, like, made roster stars down to NXT, I don't really see it as a positive thing, in my opinion. Now, let me just point out, David just said down to NXT. He said it. I'm just pointing out the obvious here. That's down all to I'm Orlando doing. is geographically, That's I guess that kind of makes yeah. sense. So they're all in the same place right now. So it's like down the street, over down the, the street, street. Yeah, down the a street. A couple that blocks over. What's the difference? That's all I'm saying. Chris... Should should NXT even be involved with it? Because it's land the slaughter line. Most recently, we've seen Amber Moon come back to NXT. She's coming back from an injury. Does that put her in the position of, we see her for one night, and you know what? Vince likes her. WWE, upper uncreative. I have to go with that way. Likes her, and they want her back. Should they even be involved? No, I I, th- I think they should be involved. But, I mean, as, as David mentioned, you know, you've had – so many lackluster call-ups in the past, especially, you know, you had the early success of, like, The Shield with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, and then, you know, Kevin Owens has done pretty well for himself in the main roster, and Sami Zayn as well, but, you know, some of the other NXT guys never really materialized, but the Four Horsewomen did well because somebody had to start the women's revolution and, and lead the evolution. Beyond that, the women that have been called up haven't done well either, but I do think they should be a part of it only because you've got some, some members of the NXT roster that, to me are stagnant now that need a change of scenery uh, because they're just they seem like they're just kind of treading water now in NXT. What's the point of them still being there because it doesn't look like there's added direction for them? My thing would be I don't want to see much like what happened with the original brand split draft of 2016 where NXT kind of got, you know, for lack of a better way of saying, pillaged. I mean, they just got completely – half the roster was gone. Almost the entire women's division – was gone, called up to the uh, to SmackDown and Raw, but I would like to see maybe, you know, maybe Raw or SmackDown each get one pick from NXT, and maybe NXT gets one pick from Raw or SmackDown. Keep it on a limited basis because I think there are some stars in NXT that could use a change of scenery, and I think there's some stars on the main roster, as you want to call it that, Raw or SmackDown, that either need a reboot to what's been going on with them, or this could be a chance for them to really. To help the NXT brand, much like what I think the Charlotte Flair title run was meant to be, who knows how much COVID affected her long-term staying down there, because they may have kept her longer if they had actually got to follow through with going on the road with NXT, which I think was planned for the springtime, which they never got to because of COVID. I think they decided at that point, we need her more on Raw right now, because ratings are already spiking anyway, going down, we need her, so... COVID and spiking is a bad choice of words, by the way. Well, I'm sorry, it's just one of those things where... You know, 
it just is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, you should NXT should be a part of it, but it's got to be on a, a small scale because you can't. We don't need this huge influx of talent from Raw and SmackDown to NXT, just like we don't need a huge exodus of talent from NXT. If you're going to have NXT involved with it, in my opinion, they did it. They need to do it a different way. I like the draft concept. I'm a fan of the draft contract concept with Raw and SmackDown. The thing is, and much to a point that you always make here on the show, Chris, you can't have NXT look like they're the little brother. And the way that they need to do it is, much like when they had the brands battle each other, Start storylines, start feuds that way, so then that way when you do the draft, you have someone, and I'm just going to throw a scenario out there, right now where you have Breezango as your tag team champions, and I'm just using these two just for examples, Jimmy and Jay Uso, they start a battle with them. You know what? We want to we want to be drafted over to NXT. Why? Because we, we've never been NXT champions. We've held every other belt. We want to go take on Breezango, and that makes the move a little more legitimate for me. When Charlotte Flair came down, it came. it was like, Oh, big sisters coming to you're going from varsity to JV to kind of help out the JV league. You remember back in like high school, you guy in, on varsity, he actually wore number 78. Then he went to JV and wore 56, hoping nobody would notice, even though he was like a junior in high school and he was bigger than that. That was the same scenario to do this. If you're going to have them, I hope they are involved, but they need to do it a different way than just the draft. I loved when they did it where NXT, so to speak, was seen as the, the lower brand. And you did the draft of NXT talent that came up. But when you're moving them around and just having talent show back up, it makes them look smaller. It makes them look just that way. Where even most recently, like I said, with Ember Moon, considering she hasn't been involved with anything in so long, I think it's great to have her back because we haven't seen her in a while. Even if you bought Charlotte Flair back that way. And I've I've said Charlotte Flair, even in her scenario, if you bring her back, almost do like you did with uh, like they did with Kurt Angle on uh, Impact Wrestling. Charlotte almost says, I'm going to work my way through every brand. I'm going to go grab every title. I'm going to drop it when I'm ready. And then I'm going to move on and show you that I am the queen. I'm the best. Do it in a way where you don't make NXT look smaller. You don't make it look like the little brother. Because that's what I think the problem that they're running into here is they're making them look small. They're making them look like the little brother. And it's totally disrespectful for some of the talent that they have there. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, there's also some certain talents that will fit better in NXT, such as like a Johnny Gargano or like a Karrion Cross, or maybe even like a Santos Escobar, like the Cruiserweight division. Those kind of guys would fit better on what a division? In, in the Well, yeah, the Cruiserweight. Cole oh, and I were, you and, and I got I, into a whole we discussion were talking the about, other Yeah, Cole and I were talking what about division? this earlier. This is like the, it's the cruiserweight division for the cruiserweight title. Honestly, everybody that, in that NXT around? roster, yeah, it is. It's now the NXT cruiserweight championship. But Cole and I were talking about this earlier. Um, he brought up a really good point, saying everybody in the NXT roster basically fits in that division since most of the main main event roster talent on NXT is around the two hundred five mark. Smaller, yes, he is right. He was right on that. But anyway, like su- superstars like Swerve Scott and Santos Escobar, they fit well in an NXT spotlight. There's certain people on the Raw or SmackDown roster that fit well in a Raw or SmackDown spotlight. So I think that's the one thing that WWE has to avoid doing is kind of putting wrestlers such as, you know, like um, R-Truth maybe keep him like in the main roster since he kind of fits in the gimmicky standpoint. Don't bring him over to NXT where they focus so much more on wrestling. It He kind of gets lost in the shuffle there. You got also people like... Um, such as Finn Balor. He worked out great in NXT, but then when he went to the main roster, he couldn't really fit into the whole gimmicky concept that he had. 
And then when he went to NXT, he was back at red hot again. But when he got lost in the shuffle on Raw. Um, that kind of thing, in my eyes, is the one thing that I think would be better is if they kind of, like you said, limited the picks to NXT to like one or two guys to move to the main roster. When you talked about having guys from the you know Raw or SmackDown come over to NXT that don't fit, you know, it kind of remind me of, we're going to take this back, you remember when we had the three brands with ECW, WWE, CW, if you will, you know, there were several wrestlers from Raw or SmackDown that eventually ended up on ECW that you looked at it like, I mean, I know this isn't Paul Heyman's ECW anymore, but still, it's ECW. Why is Gold Dust on ECW? Why is Finley on ECW with Hornswoggle? You know, I, I see your point with that. There's definitely, and I think that's to me when I look up and down the NXT roster. If you wanted to look at talent that could be promoted to Raw or SmackDown, if you want to call it a promotion, um, and that's my biggest thing. Is you look at who would actually have a chance of succeeding, who would fit in on Raw or SmackDown. And it's kind of a short list, but there are talent there. It's just like, to me, there's a selective amount of talent that's on Raw or SmackDown. Would they fit with the gritty NXT, you know, uh, style of wrestling that, you know, with the more quality wrestling being emphasized there? Who would fit there? And if they don't necessarily fit that mold, how would they benefit the brand? And I've got one pick that we'll get to later for NXT that would probably open up some eyes when I say it, but I think could actually lead to an interesting storyline. See, but the problem that you run into with NXT, SmackDown, and Raw, NXT has superstars that don't want to leave NXT because they know exactly what happens when they go up to the to Raw or SmackDown. I won't say the main roster, but you have superstars that they know what happens when they go that direction. It becomes a problem for them. Tomasa Ciampa said a long time ago, if they make him move, he retires. I think Rhea Ripley falls into that as well. I think She's, it was also Johnny Gargano who said that would it wouldn't even be necessarily a call-up. It'd be like a step down for him or something like that if he ever went to the main roster. And when superstars are making statements like that, they know what they have. They know what they're getting ready to run into because that's why we're seeing it just like this where you look at the first round of uh, NXT champions. Short of Seth Rollins, everybody else falls into the heavyweight, super heavyweight. Seth Rollins is a heavyweight. But you drop about 25 pounds, he could easily be a cruiserweight just as well. You, But then when you're talking about Bo Dallas, Big E, Bobby Roode, you're talking about bigger guys. Drew McIntyre. Fall into the Vince McMahon look. They fall into that bigger, super heavyweight, muscular look. And it stinks that you have that because, once again, I'll use as my example, Tomasa Ciampa. The man is built like a mon- He's built like a wall. But... Vince only sees him as a cruiserweight. He sees him almost as, for lack of a better term, a luchador. And I hate to say that, and I don't mean to say that disrespectfully to him, but I think when you have superstars that look at the bigger brands like that, that's the bigger brands, I'm sorry, that look at the other brands like that, that, hey, you know what? If I go up there, I'm going to get buried. I'm going to fall through the gaps. And another example, Chris, we talk about it all the time. When you look at uh, Shorty G and Jason... uh, Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan the tag team they had immediately when they got up there. That outside of Jason Jordan's injury, that was a tag team that was just dead on the vine. And the best thing they could do, who's your daddy? Oh my gosh. Oh, we hit the I thought 
we had erased that from our memories. No, yeah, you can don't. Google that. You Google I, no, no, I forgot. I thought there. it was erased from the network, and we did, we no, couldn't no, watch it Google. anymore. It's on Google. You go talk to so, Alexa. So She'll pull it. Somebody's right up for you. got it somewhere oh. out there on the internet. Some guy probably saved it just to poke fun at that. I just thing. erased it from my memory then. But y'all just brought you it back. You should probably you. go see a doctor. About don't blame me. That was all, Big John. All right, don't look at me. But anyway, I loved American Alpha when they were in NXT. Their match with the Revival at Takeover was one of the best tag team matches I have ever seen. Actually, there was multiple ones that were some of the best matches. Two seen. matches yeah. with them, if I remember right. Yeah, those are such great matches. The revival, now known as FTR, uh-huh. those are some of my. Those two were probably my favorite tag teams in the in the NXT scene. And also, whenever you heard American Alpha's theme come when they come out, you just got that chill through your spine, saying, "We're gonna see a, a great tag team match coming up." And even when you see the hear this, say, "Yeah." That's an also another right. thing that kind of sends yeah. chills through your spine. Like you're, you just know you're going to see an instant classic when they came out. But when they went to the main roster, my God, what the heck happened to them? You know the problem with American Alpha, they fell. Me and John have talked about this off air for years with Bailey, as they fell victim to the fact that the, their their development of their character was in NXT. You got to see the progression of Bailey from the super fan that got just blown up in the moment, where she was just star shocked. And couldn't would get you know easily rolled up or beaten in some way, and she developed into a great wrestler and it got serious, and it the fans were all behind her all along. But then when she got moved up to Raw and SmackDown, you know those same fans, those mainstream fans, they didn't see that journey. So she was just who who is this Bailey? You know why do they care about her character? And it's the same thing with American Alpha. If you didn't see the, the how that team come together, how uh, Chad Gable bugged Jason Jordan week after Richie. week. To be be on the team, and you got to see ready, the, willing, and Gable exactly. Yes, which they got away from that when they got called up. You know, Chad Gable showed a lot of to me showed a lot of charisma just in that that development that I think got the team over in NXT. But once they got to SmackDown after the draft in 2016, those SmackDown fans had no clue that that had happened. So other than hey, these guys kind of you know maybe if they're old school fans, they kind of dress like the Steiners. But other than that, what what who are they? They kind of look like Kurt Angle. Okay, big deal. You know what? What? Who are they? Why? Like why Charlie should we Haas care? and um, Michelle Benjamin, Benjamin back Benjamin. in the day, Team Angle. Yep. Yeah, the world's greatest yeah. tag team. So it's kind of the same thing, and that's why you know a lot of this talent I don't think has panned out on Raw or SmackDown is because you know the development of their character unfortunately happened in NXT. I guess that's the one bad thing about, especially before NXT ended up on USA. Uh, you know, it was only on the network, so only diehard fans were really watching NXT. Your mainstream fans didn't get to see that, but they're expected to care about these characters, and you know, creative's never been able to do anything with them. So that's the situation you find yourself in. You're listening to the finishing move, the dark matches, Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell, and David Holloway. And one of the things that America Alpha also fell victim to, and if they do it right, and this is where I'm going to kind of hopefully lean on WWE uncreative, is that you're being brave. American Alpha could have could have dealt with a change of scenery and being and going to a different brand and being rebranded. And what I mean by that is when we saw it with Bailey, when she came up, everybody loved her. Everybody said, oh, Bailey came up with a group. She came up with a collective that was around her. Because to your point, no one saw the development of Sasha Banks. No one saw the development of Alexa Bliss. They came up and they didn't need to be rebranded. But I think this would be a great scenario and where some where you could take someone rebrand them, repackage them, give them a change of scenery. If NXT is going to be involved, 
giving them a change of scenery and a rebranding could help them out immensely instead of bringing them up from NXT as the same character as they are because it might not transfer. So I wanted to know, and who could use a change of scenery through all three brands? If you had to pick one superstar, who could use a change of scenery that would help get them to that next point, that next plateau that would go that way in terms of getting them to the next level? Because when you sit in one place for so long, ultimately, look at our truth our truth rebranded himself multiple times. Now he is the most decorated WWE champion in WWE history. If you get that repackage and that rebrand, who could who could render the most success from it? Well, I mean, there's to me there's a few that that stand out and you know, first and foremost, you look at, you know, there was the rumors going in if we're going to include NXT in this draft. The rumors going into takeover was that the and not mystery to cut you off, let's base it off of that. Going forward, let's base it that NXT will be involved with the draft because I got a few more Fair things enough. that I want to discuss. So let's operate under the premise that NXT will be involved in the draft. Okay. Well, if you're going that route, and we are, so you know the rumor going to takeover was that the mystery person that was going to show up and come back to the the brand was going to be Bo Dallas. That's somebody that if you saw NXT in its infancy, the early days of it, you saw what Bo Dallas could be. Uh, you saw that he. He's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he's a he's a very good wrestler, and he's got the ability to be a character that can be over. It just never worked on Raw. It never worked on SmackDown. It's been maligned. You know, he's just been all over the place, and it's just never clicked. That's a guy that man having him come back to NXT and try to reclaim his brand, so to speak, because you know Bo leave and all that stuff was formed there. That's somebody that going to NXT would be a huge move. But for me, if you look at NXT and who could use the move. I know, David, you said that, you know, you mentioned who wouldn't fit on the main roster. But you look at somebody like a Johnny Gargano who you don't think would fit in. But I think, honestly, when you look at the fact that him nor Candice LeRae, either one, won their titles this past Sunday Sunday at TakeOver, I, I, where do they go from here? And I, honestly, they've reestablished, they basically, as we talked about had a rebranding, created a new gimmick. Johnny was that super underdog, never gave up the heart and soul of NXT, and then you turn him heel, and now he's doing the whole Gargano way. Yes, he's small, but because of the way that he is a heel and now cheating with his wife at his side, honestly, those two could be a good choice to move to maybe, say, a SmackDown. Candice LeRae could add to that women's division there, and Johnny could be, you know, somebody's opponent down the road that... You know, he it's not it's gonna be believable because he's going to find a way to weasel his way into a victory. I think the rebranding of his character would help. And you look at Tommaso Ciampa. I know he said he doesn't want to go anywhere. But look at where he's at in NXT right now. He's doing nothing really. He's not really been in storylines ever since the ending of the feud with Gargano earlier this year. He hasn't done anything. And he was the most outspoken of I don't want to go anywhere. You almost wonder if well, you don't want to go anywhere. That doesn't mean that you're going to be used heavily in NXT either. So maybe for the betterment of his career, and especially when you look at the fact that I think his biggest thing was, I don't want to travel because I work, you know, a handful of shows here. NXT doesn't travel the same that Raw and SmackDown does with the house shows. Well, there are no house shows right now. So would it hurt him to go to a Raw or SmackDown when it's just right down the street? Now, if he was ever going to leave NXT, might be the time. That's a very interesting point you bring up there. Um... I would think it's more so the fact that, like, like you said, they don't want to go up. So I don't think that they would that WWE would want to do that to them to begin with. But at the same time, yes, you're right, um, Chris. Uh, Tommaso Champ isn't really doing much. Johnny Gargano is kind of really still establishing his heel role because he 
pretty much just started it. And now that if you move him up to Raw or SmackDown, that will give him a chance to actually really develop himself as a heel, and that would give him better chance of success since you're not just throwing him in there with the lack of buildup. Um, also, you and I mentioned talked about Bo Dallas recently um, when we were talking earlier. We said I was brought up the fact that Bo Dallas's Bo Leave gimmick was pushed too much. I think that was kind of overdone. That's kind of why I think that it didn't work out because basically what he did was he would just walk out yell his catchphrase and get the hell beaten out of him by Brock Lesnar. Or he would just have like a two-minute squash match with a, with a jobber, and it just wouldn't really resonate well with the, with the cast. And I think that a move down to NXT for someone like a Bo Dallas would be a good idea, and also would give him a good chance to really kind of fit into his own elements rather than just get mixed in with the gimmicky wrestlers that are up on the main roster. I'm going a different direction. Someone that I think could definitely use a change of scenery and I think he's been just neandering out there for a long time, and even being repackaged doesn't help him. And what it would do is it would actually address something that we just talked about in terms of your size problem. Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley was someone that started becoming very popular with Zack Ryder, and when they were together, and now Zack Ryder ultimately is gone, but taking him to NXT, I don't even think you need to rebrand him. Send him down as a heel. Let him continue on doing what he's doing because the energy, the football player, the moves, all of that putting with it, even taking uh, – who was uh, – he took on Adam Cole, has the podcast. Uh, um, he's a media guy, former punter. Oh, um, Pat, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. How did we forget his name? We were just talking about him like a month it ago. Slipped my mind. This is bad. Like, like All three of us had to sit there and go, what? Bro, I'm on my fifth show today. I don't want to hear it today from you. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee. I'm going to give you that. When you take and you put that scenario right there, Mojo Rawley might not be great on the mic. Pat McAfee was great on the mic. Not only that, he looked actually pretty solid in the ring against and Cole, that's too. that's why I say, and David, one of the things we're a big fan of, and I'm assuming you probably are, too, if they're, they, they look good in the ring, but they can't talk, put them with somebody that can talk. Yeah, like Roman Reigns did. Exactly. Like Roman Reigns, yeah. Put Pat McAfee with him for a little bit and let Mojo Rawley, you don't have to repackage him. You just put him down there and you start letting him take on uh, uh, Tomasa Ciampa. You start letting him even go up against Adam Cole in that scenario of, you know what, that's my football brethren. I'm going to look out for my brother. And you do a scenario like that. And that's where you can start to move people down and interweave them. I think he's someone that could definitely benefit from that move. And there's not even a lot that needs to be done there. I think under the tutelage of Triple H, that would go far for him. You know, also, you could send Riddick Moss down with him because um, throw him in with that, make it a little stable, make it a little football stable. Because Riddick Moss actually did do a little bit of work with Gronkowski, with, not Gronkowski, excuse me, um, with Mojo Raleigh mm-hmm. when he was 24-7 champion. It was He was his offensive lineman to protect him. I think that would be a pretty solid stable because you don't really need them to talk, but they could be like a pretty good tag team, and then Pat McAfee would be their mouthpiece. I think that would be a really interesting stable. I think you're on to something there, and and both of you are. And honestly, somebody that could also use a change of scenery at this point, it would. I don't know. I mean, he's one of these guys that you could argue you could just move over to Raw and do something with him, but... You know, King Corbin, he's an ex-NFL player, and he's got that, I mean, Mojo's good, but King Corbin's got that heel factor, man. He's got that that go-away heat. And he's been, obviously, just like Mojo, he was down in NXT, and he did well down there. I thought he's been King Corbin forever. I agree. You rebrand him, you get rid of the King Corbin, he's just Baron Corbin again, and let him be really the, the main heat, the main... You know, superstar in that stable with Mojo at his side, with McAfee as the mouthpiece, because you know Mojo's not bad on the mic, but he's not 
great either. He ain't even good. No, no. But and Baron, same thing. But you know, you could go that route. But if you're going for the angle of having you know that obnoxious heel in NXT, somebody that I look at on the SmackDown roster that you could very easily just slide him over to to Raw to get a change of scenery. But to me, he could really help that brand because of his promo ability and because you know if you really made him take over the brand so to speak you could create a great storyline out of it it's the miz the miz has you know we've all been clamoring for the miz to get a major you know title at least a title shot you know he was main evented wrestlemania almost 10 years ago he was money in the bank he's been champion before but it's been a long time but we could argue that miz has at times has had some of the best storylines he's done more for the intercontinental title than anybody's done over the last 10 years because of his character and because of his ability to talk on the mic and because he could put on, he's not a great wrestler. He's not going to wrestle circles around Finn Balor or Kyle O'Reilly, but a storyline to where it's almost like, this is almost like a Raw SmackDown invasion type thing of NXT. Like, hey, I'm going to come down here and make this my show because I've never been down here before, but I know I'm better than I'm going to show you guys. It's almost a play off of the storyline with Daniel Bryan back in the original incarnation of NXT when it was a quote-unquote fake reality show, like The Ultimate Fighter, you know, that was the whole thing. It's like, I know how to be a superstar. I'm going to come down here and show you guys how to be superstars. And that leads to some, you know, he wins the NXT title, and now it's up to, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, whoever's going to be that next rising star that embodies NXT to step up to him. The other superstar that I think could actually benefit from a move, and I think you could realistically answer two problems here by having this done. Braun Strowman to Raw tagging with Keith Lee. Remember back in the day, one of the things, if you've gone through and you've watched the documentaries on The Undertaker, Kane would talk about, and even The Big Show more so, talked about that when he got to WWE, The Undertaker was kind of his mentor. That's what The Undertaker did. He got with the big guys, showed them how they should handle themselves in the ring. I don't know if you get that from that, but what you get is this monster tag team where WWE dropped the ball with AOP. Because you had the opportunity to have this monster tag team that could just run rampant. Now, we know the WWE, they don't like tag teams. But this is one way where you can take two guys and you can just let them run rampant. And when you're when even hold off into when you're done with the Hurt Business, which hopefully is for a very long time, have them go there. Have them start running rampant, get the tag team titles, and do just that. I think they've done as much as they can with Braun Strowman on SmackDown. It's time for him to move somewhere else, and please don't let it be Raw Underground. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind. Of, I enjoy Raw Underground to an extent. I actually kind of like it. But another partner I can see for Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman has been on Raw before, so I can see that move coming. That Dabakato character they got in the Raw Underground, move him into the main roster and tag, have him tag with Strowman. That's a really good monster team right there. They're kind of similar in size. They're similar in speed. Dabakato needs to stay with Shane. He yeah, have him and Shane be manager. the mouthpiece. Have Shane be the mouthpiece yeah. for that tag team because that'd be I think that'd be very interesting right there. That pairing, I can definitely especially since they had that monster match in Raw Underground together, I can see them tagging up like Sheamus and Cesaro did when they had their best of seven series and then they became the bar. These guys, I can see some very good potential for them as a tag team. Somebody else from NXT that I look at that unfortunately is out with an injury right now, but to me doesn't fit NXT because he is a, such a character and he's that powerhouse he's been booked to be unbeatable but to me carrying cross would do big things 
on Raw or SmackDown. Because and plus, Vince has, Vince has said really good things about Karrion Cross, and he fits the image that he likes. So I, I can fit see the that. image of, of what Vince wants. I mean, <laughs> Vince needs to – that's one of the things. The old man <laughs> needs to change his look right about now at that point in time. And plus, he's got a blonde scarlet with it. That also gives him bonus points. Once again – I know we can put we can go any wrestling fan worth their salt can put together what Vince McMahon looks for in a man and woman on his roster and you can piece you can almost sketch it out on a notepad but I digress. By the way, how awesome is Karrion Cross's entrance with Scarlet? By the way, I love that. Like just having Scarlet come out and then he just appears in a cloud of smoke and like a bunch of lights flashing. I man, I just get chills whenever I watch when dis- I hear that music. It's disrespectful to me, and you know why? Why is that? Because Alistair Black had it first. Very yeah, it's very. Yeah. Disrespectful. Although he didn't have the woman with him, so that kind of okay. Yeah. He didn't need the woman with him. <laughs> no, and I mean, even like, if he did, his wife is Zelina Vega. That is true. So yeah, he can execute. It's di- and that's the thing that irritates me a lot is you know what you're putting Alistair Black where he is right now because Alistair Black he was set to be a superstar. He was like compared to the Undertaker exactly. when he first came up. And now and what did you do? Oh, we it. put your eye out, and now you're gonna wear an eye patch, and we do- now you're gonna go sit in a dark closet. Come on, it's disrespectful. That was re- that was ridiculous. That 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 they've killed thing. Aleister Black. Yeah, exactly. They still, what they did dead. with Aleister Black is criminal because he was he had such great promise coming in when he debuted in NXT UK when they had their um uh, their second NXT their uh, tournament they had out the UK Championship tournament when he debuted. And he was he came a huge pop when he was in Royal Albert Hall. And then when he got met over to NXT, was greeted with a raucous applause and was given such a push. And then they make him tag with Ricochet. And then once he got to the main roster, it started going downhill from there because he never really received many shots at championships. And I think that he should have gotten more opportunities. You know what I think killed his opportunities when was he got up to Raw and SmackDown? When he couldn't go over to Saudi Arabia because he has the tattoos. Right. And one look. They showed it to us. They told us for years. When when the authority said, we're going to do what's best for business, Aleister Black wasn't good for business at that point in time. Fair because enough. if the Sheik wanted him or whoever wanted him or they wanted to book him over there and they couldn't book him over there, that's when he be- became not good for business. And I think that hurt him so much that they'll never come out and say it, but I think that's the thing that kind of put a scarlet letter on him of, you know what, at best you're going to be a mid-carder. Well, yeah, I mean, that doesn't help, but... For me, it was more of, he's a character, he's one of those character wrestlers that needs the right booking, and whoever's booking him and whoever's doing the creative for that character needs to understand the character, and I think Triple H had a handle on that in NXT, and I don't know that you know anybody, Raw or SmackDown, really under, fully understood it. He's not going to get over on his promos, he's not a good promo guy, but the character needs to go a certain direction and they didn't know what to do. They were just going to put him out there. Oh, cool. He's got a cool entrance and okay, he does a pretty cool finisher. What else can he do? That's the problem. You put. That's why they did the whole come knock on the door thing because they knew that if they put him out there week after week, we don't know what to do with him, but he'll get exposed after a while. People are going to get bored because it's the same thing. You're not going to do anything interesting, at least with NXT. When they developed him, they did it slowly, and it worked down there, whereas Raw or SmackDown just didn't have a clue what to do. I don't even think it was Triple H, actually. I think it was William Regal. And the reason well I that. say William Regal, look at NXT UK. There's an underlying goth or dark, dark look to go with them, for lack of a better term. And that's the best way I can describe it, and I think William Regal understands that enough to say, hey, Look at this. Rhea Ripley, she got tons of credit for coming out uh, with TakeOver where she lost the title match 
um, and everyone thought she was getting deported because she changed her ring gear. She came out in the all-white, where traditionally she was a rocker. She came out in the all-black. She got a little bit of credit for it, but I think William Regal understood that European mystique of Aleister Black better than anyone and was able to let me give it guidance, let me give it direction. I just I feel bad for Aleister Black. There was one part in, I think it was Monday Night Raw, where they tried to do an Undertaker-style uh, um, segment with him. Like They played that little guitar riff for a second, the lights went out, and then they came back up, and then there he was, and he kicked the snot out of somebody. I can't remember who it was, but... When they did that, I was thinking, okay, now they're really starting to go somewhere with this. Now they're starting to finally get that Undertaker style that they expected him to be. And then they just stopped doing that and never did it again. Why did they stop it? Why did they just keep that going? They could have kept the mystery. They could have kept him as like a Phenom-style character, have him be like really dark and kind of distant, but at the same time, he can just come out and get you whenever he wants to. I think that would have suited him perfectly, but they just dropped the ball. Well, what he really could have done with, and unfortunately for him, it's timing, and the man is shouldn't be wrestling anymore, but if he could ever had that match with The Undertaker, had he been in the company four or five years earlier and you could have done that matchup to 10, where... 12 years Yeah, or earlier. whatever you want to say. <laughs> you can hate on him all you want, but the point is... You know, had that gimmick with Aleister Black got a chance to go up against the gimmick in The Undertaker, and it could have been, you know, it could have come after the streak had already ended, so Undertaker would have been easy for him to pass the torch to Aleister Black at that situation. Even if it wasn't at WrestleMania, then Aleister kind of takes over that mystique gimmick where he doesn't have to be around all the time. He can be that special attraction where... You know, you see him for a couple of pay-per-views, then he disappears for a little while, then you bring him back, and that way it never gets old. And it could have helped him, but unfortunately, he didn't get that that rub from Undertaker. And they just, again, they tried what you said, David. They they tried to, to kind of replicate the Undertaker gimmick a little bit, but it just, I don't think it took. They didn't like it. They didn't go with that, and now they have completely ruined him. You no, know I think what would have been a good matchup was him and Bray Wyatt together I in a agree. matchup. That would have been a fantastic feud because they both had that mystique. Uh, that mystique to him. Like Bray's now now with the fiend and Alistair Black with his what his um demon or whatever the heck he's got going on for him. That would have been a good pairing. And also Finn Balor if he would have tried the demon character again, Great also call. throw that in there too, but now Finn doesn't want to do that anymore. Um, I think WWE kind of killed that, which I didn't like because Finn, uh, Demon Finn Balor was just something you looked forward to seeing every pay per view. Like whenever he was in Takeover, John and I talked about this in the past. Every, that that Takeover entrance of the Demon, like when he was in London coming out as Jack the Ripper, when he was in Texas doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was something special. But now that that's gone, you need something like that. Now that you have the Fiend, that could be one. Alistair Black could have been one, but now that they killed it off, it won't. So now that we've established, okay. Who could use a change of scenery? Because ultimately we know that coming from NXT, for some superstars, could be a kiss of death. But for other superstars, now obviously we know that the likes of Roman Reigns, that uh, uh, Drew McIntyre, they're not moving. They're, they're holding their titles on their respe- respective brands. But when you're looking at, let's take NXT out of this one for right now, and let's leave it strictly to Raw and SmackDown. Who needs to stay right where they are, David? Who needs to stay there? They don't need to move. And I think they think that you think that they're in the right place and letting them just continue to develop from there could actually be the best, not only for the brand, but for their character. I think Randy Orton is a good choice to stay on Raw because the Legend Killer is basically set for the main show. Um, SmackDown, I would say, 
Probably the Usos and Roman Reigns. Usos should stay with the with Roman because there is rumors that after Hell in a Cell, they will be forming a stable with Paul Heyman when Jimmy comes back from injury with when he comes recovers from his shoulder injury. Um, also on Raw, I think Keith Lee needs a little bit more time to develop. I think Raw will be a good place for that. Although I do think SmackDown would also be a good one, but I think since he's on Raw already, he's had such little time there. I say just keep him there and just allow him to develop when Vince decides what to do with him. For me. There's really only one that stands out, and you mentioned him, David. Well, not necessarily the Usos, but it's Roman Reigns, and and it's not necessarily because, you know, that's the show that he f- he fits there. But for me, especially with where that character's going, it's clearly the most interesting thing going on on Raw or SmackDown right now. They've got to get away from this whole idea that Raw is the A show because let's be honest. Look at the time slots. Look at what the networks they're on. SmackDown's on a network, whereas Raw's on a cable network. You've got to treat SmackDown as the A-show now. You just have to if you're going to succeed as a brand. And to me, Roman Reigns is your biggest star, whether you like him or not. Road Dogg would probably argue with me right right now if he was here. But Roman Reigns is your guy. He is the big dog of this company right now. you got to keep him on SmackDown, especially you just brought him back. You just established him. He's got to stay there. I just had this weird feeling that they are going to make the shift and move him to Raw because, oh, it's Raw. We've got to make sure Raw is going good. It's, it's you know, in Vince's mind, it's the A-show. Well, you can't treat it that I way anymore. I don't think so. I think Vince is finally getting what he wanted a long time ago. He wanted Drew McIntyre to be the top guy. Literally, they made his gimmick around he him was being the chosen, one. the chosen one. I think Vince is finally getting what he wants. We've seen it with Roman Reigns. They know Roman Reigns is a draw. They want Roman Reigns on SmackDown because what, we, what have we talked about here on the finishing move all the time? Everybody watches SmackDown on Saturday. They watch it on Sunday morning before church or after church. Or if they're not watching football, nobody watches it. On, it's date night. Unless you go into the wintertime. Or I you think, have a newborn and there are no such things as date nights anymore. <laughs> that sounds like personal issues that you need to address. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah, exactly. It is. But I think he's getting what he wants in terms of that. So I think he's perfectly okay with where Roman Reigns is. Now, the one person that I feel like doesn't need to move for all things withstanding – but for one particular reason, because I think he can get mixed up with someone else, Big E Langston. And I know it's easy to look around and say, well, the New Day is going to come back and this and that and that and this. I think if you were to take Big E and put him over to Raw, Big E, for looks, let's go ahead and say it. The two big black guys are on Raw. They'll start to get mixed up. Keith Lee, Big E, names start rhyming together, and either they'll be one hell of a tag team, and you put them in the Hurt Business, but then the danger you run into there is Hurt now you is have too to— big. I think the Hurt Business probably get too big at that point because you already got four guys there. I think, type? I think it's perfect right where it is. I think the Hurt Business doesn't need to grow anymore. No. Leave them at four. I think it looks almost a la Four Horsemen-esque to me, and I love it right where it is. But Big E needs to stay right there on SmackDown. Big E needs to finish his battle with Sheamus, and he needs to do a few more matches. And I think he needs to work his way up. And with all rumors being true, just like what you said, David, where that Usos, Roman Reigns, which, by the way, if you haven't been listening to the finishing move, didn't I call that? I said that that needs to be a stable, a bloodline stable where you get Tamina, where you get Naomi, put them all together. But you you keep Roman with that title for right now. You get the New Day back. And you let the New Day take on that stable. Oh, that would be a good feud. Because they've had these feuds before. New Day and the USO is probably one of the best feuds they've had in decades. And I think that's a team that you put back together where they don't have to be titles involved. This is just pure good old-fashioned hate 
going for a belt. And you know what? We got our brothers back. We got our Usos back. And we're going to go for it one-on-one. Another one I can see staying put is Seth Rollins, mainly because the Monday Night Messiah gimmick has really gotten doesn't over. Doesn't sound good on Friday Night It doesn't Messiah. sound like Friday Night <laughs> Messiah. Does it. it doesn't, doesn't work. have the same ring to it. It just doesn't work. I mean, also, I can see, well, now that there's dissension between Rollins and Murphy, I think Buddy Murphy could be the one that moves to SmackDown. And I think I could probably see him moving to SmackDown just because um, just because of that dissension between them. And I think that he could also probably use a little bit of a change of scenery as well. I think the reason why he won't move to SmackDown is this, unfortunately, this storyline with the Mysterios is just going to keep on going on. And oh, Murphy's going to be drop it right in the middle of it. But, I mean, I would be okay with Seth going to SmackDown. I've never, I understand the gimmick, but I've never liked the Monday Night Messiah name. So I would be okay with him going to SmackDown. With he could, I mean, he's a creative guy. He could come up with another nickname. I don't know about you. I, he looks like Jesus enough. I could kind of dig it. <laughs> I'm not referring to him in any form. <laughs> we're, he we're, ain't got for my son. I, I, I say he just looks like him. I didn't say he was. I just said he looks like him. Son. Here's the problem, though. I disagree with that, and I say Seth needs to move, and I'll tell you exactly why. Raw has too many damn stables. The Hurt Business, Retribution, you got the tag team of uh, Umberto and, and not Umberto. Who Dominic I, Mysterio and Umberto yeah, Carrillo, yeah. You got too many factions and stables and groups. And for a company that doesn't understand or respect tag teams, you got too many damn stables. Send them over to SmackDown and let him go back to the Seth Rollins alone. And I think now you add another big name. He doesn't need to be with, with Roman. Let them stay separate. Because what he did, you even made mention of it where the Miz did a ton for the IC title. But so did Seth. Sure. Seth did a ton for the IC title. And I think he could help bring – I'm not taking a, away from what Jeff Hardy's done for it or or AJ Styles, but Seth could bring that another name to it. And just think of a pay-per-view that consists of Roman Reigns versus someone. Your next – the match before that, Seth Rollins versus someone for the – even if it is Sami Zayn for the IC title, you now put some big names back with these belts and you leave – the U.S. title exactly where it is. I think it's in a great place right now. It looks good with Bobby Lashley. I think it's great with Bobby Lashley. You leave it right there. You got to get him some better competition to go with it. I like Apollo Crews. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you got to get him some more names. Heck, let Randy Orton go after it. I think it's one of the few belts that Randy hasn't had in quite some time. And I know everyone. I don't know that say, he ever held the U.S. title. I don't think he's ever held the U.S. title, yeah. And that would compete. And some people would even say, but why would Randy take a step back? It's not taking a step back, it's lifting up that belt for the betterment of them all. Hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute now. So, in it, so Charlotte going for the NXT women's title was a step down, not a rising up of that title. Is I mean, that she did choose the NXT title over the other two so, titles when she won the Royal Rumble. So, But NXT was a step down to a lower brand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you we, say that. We now, don't have the time for that on the podcast. I understand we're not going there. Going I will there. say this. I'm agreeing with you. I love Bobby Lashley as U.S. champion. Yes. My thing is, I can see the belt swapping brands. I could see Sami Zayn going to Raw. I could see Bobby Lashley with the Hurt Business going to SmackDown. I can go with that. And the I reason why it. I say that is now you brought in, for better or worse, you have established this retribution group. They are clearly going to be- more than likely become the heel faction of Monday Night Raw. You said there's too many factions. Well, there's not any factions on SmackDown other than what may develop along with Roman and the Usos with the Bloodline stable, but it ain't there yet. Moving the Hurt Business to SmackDown gives a heel faction there that, honestly, as good of a talker as MVP is, what if it led to, you know, the Bloodline and the Hurt Business colliding where Bobby Lashley was, 
you know, the big, maybe they go face and they go up against the bloodline. You get Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. That's a feud we've never had. That would be interesting. Well, me. given the fact that Bobby, La- that the Retribution just attacked the Hurt Business, maybe they might be kind of starting to take a little bit of a turn as well. I think you need Retribution with the Hurt Business for right now. I think you need them together. That's already been developed well enough at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's been so much that's been put into that, and particularly the way that he's gone at the, uh, the Hurt Business has gone after Mustafa Ali. I think you need to keep that together. All right, so let's do this. You're each a GM of your own brand. Who's your first overall pick? And better yet, let's even mix it up a little bit. Colwell, since you're such an NXT fan, you're the GM of NXT. David. You're the NXT, you're the GM of Raw. I got SmackDown. Okay, I'll swap it up with you since you don't like it. You got yeah, SmackDown. I've, I've always been a SmackDown guy in my life, man. I'll just say that right now. You stuck Title, me with the lesser of the two. Current champions can't move. Right. Only rule. So that means Roman stays where he is. Sami Zayn has to stay where he is. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro stay where they are, which, by the way, I would have taken Cesaro because I'm a fan of Cesaro, but that's a different story. Right. Current champions cannot move. And so with the first picked of... The 2020 WWE Draft SmackDown goes first with Keith David. Lee. I got, I would take Keith Lee, man, just because he's oh. a red hot talent. I just think he's someone that could really build in a SmackDown like environment where I think there's a little more freedom to go with. I I taking Keith Lee just because he's he's just a limitless one, man. You just gotta go with a big star like him. Good call. With the second pick, their first pick for their brand NXT, Chris Colwell. Who you taking? I said it earlier. I think he would really lead a good storyline down there. I'm going to go with The Miz. That's another good one. Interesting pick. It's a great pick, and I'm going to actually go with someone that you guys made mention of, and I'm just going to put him in my back pocket for right now until he's better. I'm taking Cross. That's a good one. I'm going to put him in my back pocket for right now. I think he's someone that could turn out to be a big star and be a big champion. In the WWE. Doomsday's coming to Raw. Well, we'll see what the draft does when it takes place this Friday. You guys can catch up with us next week. Also, follow us on social media. We're going to start tweeting about this and talking about this more. You can follow me at JohnRad450. You can follow David at InternDavid680. And you can follow Chris at whatever anomaly of a name he's using uh, this it's month. Th- 300 days and going. I have a longer title reign as, tw- as with my Twitter account than Bailey as women's champion on SmackDown. <laughs> at Bearded Colwell. And the show is at Wrestle Extra. Actually, and you can also follow the fourth member of our team at Road Dog Don't do 680. That. You should. Well, thank you guys for joining us for the finishing move, the dark matches. You can listen to the finishing move every Thursday except this week as we have playoff baseball, playoff basketball on Extra 106.3. But you can listen to us every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Extra 106.3 and download the app. You can take us wherever you go. And also, you can all go back to Extra1063.com and listen to all our former podcasts and previous shows where we've talked to the likes of the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Moose, we've talked to a wide array of different people, and we'll continue to do that, as well as the dark matches will be re- will be returning very soon. David, thank you for joining us. Road Dog, we miss you. Colwell, your wife is calling, and the baby is crying. Stop, pick up Pampers, and get home I now. You guys have been listening to The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches. Big John Radcliffe for my tag team partners. We thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. See you.